Good morning. My name is Bo. I'm one of the elders of the, of the church. I do thank the other two elders who tried to help me with my microphone just now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. As we hear, as we heard Simon reading the verses from the Bible today, I hope that we can sense the holiness of God. You see, what hap- was happening in the nation of Israel with their priests was that they somehow lost contact with God and God became uh, something routine, something common, something that is uh, in competition with the world. But if they realize that there's no competition, uh, their attention would not be so diverted. And what God has said in Malachi would not need to be said. Today, the, uh, the sermon, the title from the rising of the sun, I'm taking it from chapter one. Uh, so we're talking more on chapter two of, of Malachi, because in chapter one, God said that for from the rising of the sun, that was uh, 11, to his setting, my name will be great among the nations. Uh, let us pray before we, we start. Almighty God, we uh, know that we are so uh, much like uh, those people whom you have spoken to in, in Malachi, that we are so uh, quick to forget uh, your greatness and your goodness. May you have mercy on us and, and bring us back to you. Bring us back to the cross as we consider your words, as we want to lay your word in your heart in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. We we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in thinking about greatness, I've been trying to uh to find out what is considered great in the world in our day and age. In the in the in the world where God is not considered great, what is what is actually great? We have uh, during the children's talk, we look at the, the young children. As Catherine asked them about whether their fathers were great, they were a bit hesitant, weren't they? Uh, but even as uh, Catherine asked them how to how they would respond to their father's greatness. Again, they had some problem answering that. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you know that children, young children, as they, they will consider their parents great, but when you, if you ask teenagers, then I suppose it's very hard to get anyone who, who raise their hand. It's, it's just that we are so self, focus, self-centered, even from young, as we get older, as we are more realized of our, our self, uh, what we can do, then we are, we are considered, I mean, it's hard to consider anybody else great. So what, who is a, a great person to us? So it's, it's someone who influences our decisions and directions in life, uh, a person that we look up to, and in a world without God, who, who would that person be? I think usually it's our own self. So 
uh, I, I mean, even I don't think that I'm the greatest, but I want to be great in any, in any case. Uh, many things that we do each day can show us that. Think of a time when we argue with someone. Uh, in an argument, we usually want to win, otherwise we, want to argue. we won't argue. I mean, if you don't want to win, we won't argue. But the fact that we argue, we want to win the argument. And why do we want to win the argument? Because we want to be great. And if we do, we lose the argument, then we will replay that in our mind until we win the argument inside us, wouldn't it? Uh, that is how we are. That is what we are made up of. And we, we are looking at Malachi, and these people, they were trying to argue with God. You see. The fact that they, they, res they to try to argue with God is just that they are putting themselves at, at the same level as God, sort of. At least they are not giving the uh, respect that they should have towards God. So the, the book of Malachi deal with, deals with the uh, nation of Israel about 500 years ago before Christ. So it's about 2,500 years ago now. And Malachi was a prophet sent by God to, to speak to the Israelites. Uh, Israel, well, Israel was a unique nation. So it was a nation that was chosen by God to, uh, to make his name known among the nations. Uh, and to help Israel to fulfill that mission, God made a covenant with, with, them, with the people of Israel. And Israel became the only nation that governs itself solely based on God's law. You see, what, uh, what, do, what are the nations govern themselves with? Usually based on if there's a king, um, the king's law. But in, in a democracy like Australia, it's mostly to do with uh, uh, economy. What, is, what will give people the most wealth? Let's make decisions now. But Israel was different to any other country. They, they need to uh, base what they do on God's laws. So by the time Alakai conveyed God's message to the Israelites, it was about 1,500 years when they first make the covenant with God. So it's quite a long time already. And we know that God's name, so over the 1,500 years, God's name did not actually become great in, among the nations over those times. It wasn't even great among the nation of Israel. And uh, what the, by the time, I mean, maybe during David, King David's time, God's name was considered great for 50 years among that. That's over the 1,500 years. That's only that short period of time after that, people just forgot about it. And they consider God as a helper, mostly. And so they would give God some sacrifice in return to God's help to fulfill their, their wishes. So usually people just like us will pray to God to pass our exams or find a job. And if we, we don't get it, like in chapter 2, verse 13, it says that those people cover God's altar with tears. They, they, would, they were disappointed that their, their prayer didn't, didn't turn out and we can be the same as well. So they would follow God's ways if, if, if it was convenient to do so, but they would follow the ways of the world when such ways offer more comfort and pleasure. So uh, what happened to the covenant their ancestors had made with God? 
in chapter 2, as we read it, uh, the breaking of this covenant is represented by the breaking of their marriage covenant with the wife of their youth. You see, wife of their youth also can mean that during the earlier days with God, and now they have forgotten their, their first love. Also, we can see that they were marrying uh, daughters of foreign gods. Uh, I mean, they start having relationship uh, with other gods. Uh, so in chapter 2, while it happened in the society, in the families, but it also implied or, or represent a bigger picture of the whole nation, what they what they are doing as we read that. And as we are reading Malachi, we bear in mind that we are reading God's heart, okay? the heart of God, the heart of the Creator, the heart of the Father, uh, is, is with uh, some sadness in that this thing will happen. So why did Israel renege on their covenant? Uh, in, in your bulletin, there may be renegade, but uh, there should be a noun, and this is a verb. Thanks for catching <laughs> Gibbons uh, telling me that. I've never used this word before, so renegade is the uh, thing, uh, what's the called? Break, broke, broke the covenant with God. So o- over those 1,500 years, there have been a lot of changes uh, to the nation of Israel. So they had, they had civil wars, the, the country broken into two parts. And then they were conquered by pagans and taken to exile. They were exposed to foreign governments, governments, religions, and cultures. So by the time of Malachi, they, they have been uh, permitted by the conqueror to resettle back to their homeland. So it was difficult for them to build their cities, which has been destroyed by, by war. So you can consider their living condition. It, it wouldn't be uh, very impressive. And they are all wanting to make a living. There were some who remained faithful to God and, and led them to rebuild the nation, starting from the temple, and that's where the temple we're talking about. And those people like Ezra, Nehemiah, they really wanted a place to worship God. But there are not many of them, unfortunately. And most people, the temple to them is a place, yes, they could uh, exchange favor with God, but also temple... And the, and the city of Jerusalem become an identity for them. Right? We are the Jews, uh, their identity. So that's mostly what people do, just like us, uh, not us, I mean, uh, in the Western society, uh, many years ago, the church, it become an identity issue. I'm a Christian. Uh, I identify with this, this culture. And it's not much to do with their uh, allegiance uh, or worship of God. And the the, the people who were supposed to uh, help people to worship were the priests, and they are from the tribe of Levi. And as you know, the tribe of Levites are not uh, allowed to own lands, they, unlike other tribes. Uh, I'm not sure during the Malachi time whether they had any land. They might have because all the society has been changed. But in any case, they, are, they depend, their livelihood is mostly dependent on uh, other people who give offerings, and you, under these circumstances, we were surprised that these priests offer animals with blemishes, buy animals, or animals that nobody wants. Because uh, uh, economically, it makes sense. Listen, you sacrifice the cheapest animals, because 
they were, those animals were going to be burned anyway. I mean, why you put sacrifice a perfect one while you can sell them for higher uh, price? And in doing that, so the priests are making it easier for people to give offerings, and they then can uh, make sure that they have enough for themselves. Uh, they need to to do what the people uh, wants to do or what, what people are seeking for. So they will only teach people what they want to hear and not what God wanted them to teach or people to, to hear. And that's why all these things gradually change. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. As you know, when we do something uh, or going to sinning or doing something, uh, committing a crime, it doesn't change happen only overnight. It happens over a lifetime gradually, with one step at a time, and then we get to this st state of uh, Malachi when uh, people uh, just somehow forgot about uh, the holiness of God and the relationship with God. And so when the priests started to compromise with the ways of the world, the people followed them. And how did God point out to the Israelites that they have broken faith with him. He told them to look at their marriages. They disobeyed God by marrying daughters of those who uh, worship foreign gods and they divorced their wives of their youth. So we need to think about marriage first to, to understand this. So soon after God created men and women, men and women, he decreed that there would be marriage between a man and a woman and this union was meant to be binding for as long as they were alive. In Malachi 2.15, it says that, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? Though the marital union was meant to be a strong covenant where the two parties became one body and God was in the union. So anyone who broke this covenant also revealed his dishonor uh, towards God. So a nation's being unfaithful to their covenant with God is reflected in their being unfaithful in their marital, to their marital covenant. In the past, most culture would expect wives to be faithful to their husbands, but not the other way around. So Israel, the Israelites saw that the other races could divorce their wives easily, and they thought this would be the way. In their thinking, their careers, their marriages, their choices of friends, whatever, were their, for their own personal uh, happiness. And God had no part in their day-to-day -day decisions. They just did what was right in their own eyes. So each man would want to find a wife who make him happy. And as the head of the family, he should be entitled to replace the wife who does not or did not satisfy him. In Matthew chapter 19, 10, 3 to 10, there was an interesting uh, reading and so uh, and Pharisees came out to Jesus and tested him by asking is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said therefore a man shall leave his wife and his mother and so, so leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, 
why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send him send her away? He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wife. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries an, another commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Do you notice how the disciples answer, <laughs> responded to Jesus' uh, view on the permanency of marriage? They said, it is better not to marry. What do you think they said when they said it is better? What is better? Better for what? Who is better? Uh, what, in, what was in their mind? And so it's all the same in, in our own, own minds, isn't it? When we say something is better, it usually means that it gives me more comfort, gives me more uh, pleasure. Uh, that is, so, so it's better. So it's better for my life if I'm if I'm not married than if I got married to a wife who turned out to be a, a, a great, a major annoyance, and I could not divorce her. Uh, so, isn't it? so that is the the idea about better. It just betray. I mean, the person's heart uh, betray our heart as well. When we say it is better, this job is better or that is better, we should ask ourselves, what do we mean when we say it's better? What is better? And so God's way seemed to make it so narrow in one's choice of a spouse and so difficult to renege on one's marriage while we can understand why the Israelites found it wearisome to follow God's laws. They, because they, they want to uh, enjoy themselves, they want to follow the world. And God's law just was in the way. And they couldn't, if they couldn't get rid of it fully, so they would try to compromise and do a bit of it. So we, as we look at this Israelites, we look at ourselves, we know that when we make decisions, uh, unless we know God and love God, we would make them according to our own uh, pleasure, uh, what we think would give us the most comfort or, or, or pleasure. It's like choosing to eat excessively delicious takeaway foods or, or McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, we, we may not know what long-term consequences are in doing that, but even if we know, we, we don't seem to care. When, yeah, when, I was, when I was young, 50 years ago, most of the uh, television programs were sponsored by uh, cigarette companies. And so the promoter that is to smoke cigarette is such a, a manly thing, uh, such a, a socially uh, respected thing. And people pick up cigarette smoking. This is a world we just do think that we, we are promoter and we think that it's good. It's better for us to do that. We didn't even know the, the effects of uh, cigarette smoking. But even so, in this day and age, even if you know the, the, the bad is of cigarette smoking, there's still so many people still smoking. Uh, it, it's just how we are. So the, the consequence of regretting God's way, or just following our own ways, the, we, we have to uh, look at the nation of Israel, so that the priests who choose to, uh, not to honor God but follow the ways of the world will become weak in their characters, 
the weakness in their characters would in turn establish a, a, a nation that would put individual pleasure as the goals in their life. No one would be willing to sacrifice their comfort or their life or their country. So when an enemy came to invade them, they were defeated quite easily. A nation which does not fear God will fear the enemies. The priests who choose to follow the ways of the world will also be enslaved by the world. The world does not know kindness. It is a place where the powerful would, would uh, consume the weak. So one day, as God said, these priests would be led away by the conquerors with the, with the dungs of their blemish offerings on their heads. So dungs of animals in the Old Testament uh, were the unclean things that to be burned outside the camp, or outside the city, or outside the, the temple. So dungs on the heads of the priests implied that they were no longer fit to serve in God's temple because they disregarded God's laws and chose to, to marry anyone they like and to divorce anyone they like, their community would break apart. By marrying those who worship idols, they introduced idol worshipping in their families. By divorces, they created many broken and unstable families. God was seeking the family to bring up godly offspring but they were producing offspring who worship idols and who live for their own comfort. So what's wrong with idol worshipping? Uh, we will become what we worship. If there are many idol worshippers in the community, then we will live in a community with people like the idols that they worship. So would you like to live in a community that people will like, will like their idols? Or we would like to live in a community that everyone lives like the holy God if they do worship that God. Uh, and so they, you can imagine how the society or the community gradually degrades and becomes uh, difficult to live. But people don't have ch choice. We just live like that because uh, their parents live like that. The children just doing the same. And it seems there's no way to get out of it. So when a nation does not honor God, men will not honor their roles as heads of the family, and they have nothing bigger than themselves to live for. They use their headship to satisfy their little pleasures, and they will not sacrifice themselves for the nation or their families, and they want others to sacrifice for them instead. So we can see that even here, we can see that why God insists insisted on Israelites keeping their covenant. There are two reasons. Okay. Uh, in, in, in verse 10 of Malachi chapter 2, it says that God is their father and their creator. So this one reason is who God is. Uh, who God is to Israelites is even more special to than non-Israelites okay. because God rescued them from Egypt and call them to be uh, God's children. And so God is their father. Not only that, God is a creator, so God created them. So on these two counts alone, then the Israelites was, were supposed to obey God because of what God has done for them and, and who God is uh, to them. Uh, in verse 2, we actually say that uh, 
we have one father and one creator, and the one is there to emphasize the fact that uh, Israelites are like a one family, and they should uh, be faith faithful to one another, besides being faithful to to God. So, but it's not only who God uh, was to them or what God did to them, but the keeping a covenant is it, good for their, their characters and for their societies, for their communities. And when they did not keep it, then the community broke apart. Sometimes we may not understand the purpose of God's ways um, in the covenant. Why do we have to sacrifice the perfect animals? Couldn't we just do with uh, something with primitives? Uh, uh, we, I mean, we think deeper, we may remember. I mean, we look back, we know the perfect animals represents the perfect son of God who was to come. But the time, uh, Israelites may not understand that. So it's just like a child may not understand why the parents uh, force him to eat broccoli or broccoli. Um, but keeping covenant with God was the way to know God and eventually to enjoy God. And it was the way to build up a person's character and, and wisdom. Um, it, character cannot be given. We have to understand that. Uh, we can just like we can be forgiven in Christ and have the status of righteousness, but the characters of righteousness cannot be given to us like, like magic and change because that means it's not us anymore or not me anymore. Uh, the character uh, can only be learned. Even Christ learned obedience as a son. Uh, and the process of learning, we grow, we change, we get to know God, we get to know ourselves better. And that is all part of life. Uh, a person may not want to do things God's way at first, but because he fears God, he would do it God's way. And as he look back, such a person will always be thankful that he was able to live by God's way and not his own, his own way. A person who is not willing to, to do hard things, it's hard I mean, to build the character. If you ask God to make you patient, God will, and they, a lot of things will happen uh, to try your patience. And it's hard to go through that. But if we do not want to try hard things, we will never enjoy the fruit of hard work. If our fallen nature, we choose to follow the easy way of the world rather than follow God's ways. In, in one, uh, I mean, there, I mean, in the, actually the people who, who, who do hard things in our midst as well, not only, not, uh, can't say that nobody wants to do hard things. Uh, there are people who finish a HSC this year, and there's a hard thing. And there are people here who finish a uni this year, and it's hard. Um, people uh, finish the fellowship exam, like Sarah, uh, and pass that. Congratulations. There are so many people here who would uh, do hard things. But as Paul said in first. Uh, Corinthians uh, 9.25, it says the athletes will do, try very hard to discipline themselves everything to get a crown that is temporary. But he said for spiritual discipline, it's an eternal crown. Uh, and to, to have that spiritual discipline is even harder. Uh, and I hope that we would take heart and 
be willing to uh, sacrifice the small comfort that we enjoy every day uh, when they are when we can spend our time uh, to know God in a deeper way. So what do we think God mean when he said his name will be great among the nations? We may think that God wants people to fear him. This is half correct. The other half is that God wants people to love him. Uh, and why does God want us to fear him and to love him? Uh, does he think that he's the center of the universe? No, God does not think that he's the center of the universe, but God is the center of the universe. He doesn't think that he is. Uh, and, and he is the ultimate uh, beauty, purity, and wisdom. So who else should we fear and love besides God? And when we fear and love God, we will follow his ways. The Israelites had written laws and covenants to help them to keep following God. They failed to do, to do so. They simply love themselves too much. And what else could God do to, for people to fear him and to love him? God's covenant with Stan, his covenant with Levi, the tribe of Moses, will not fail. He will have a priest who will be faithful to the covenant. This priest will honor God. He will walk with God in peace and uprightness. He would speak the truth regardless of opposition from the world. He will teach the way of God truthfully and he will challenge our conscience. In fact, he challenged our conscience so much that we, want to, we wanted to kill him. And he obeyed God's way despite suffering. So he was nailed on the cross to die slowly for his obedience to, to God. And we know that Jesus Christ was the priest that was to come to fulfill God's covenant with man. It did not pay for Jesus to obey God there because the world would be, would be against him. And why did he do that? Because he, Jesus knew and he saw that this world is broken. It's not, it's not going to be permanent. And it's not going to be the ultimate. I mean, whatever we enjoy in this world will be nothing compared to the world that is to come. Because Jesus had much bigger purpose to live for and to die for. For the joy that was set before him, he enjoyed the cross and despite the shame which he suffered in the world, Jesus knew that all that was in the world, in this world, is transient and trivial. He was looking forward to the godly world which was to come and he wants to bring with him many people. In that world, God's name will be honored. In the world where God's name is honored, people can live in peace and freedom at last. He could only bring us into this godly world by dying for our sins. I suppose that we all want to have a happy life and we also want our descendants to have a happy life. Like our ancestors, we will try all sorts of ways to be happy. We often consider ourselves as the smartest and cheat our ways to get what we want. Even the Israelites in, in Malachi, they were cheating their ways with the covenant of God. We will do the same in whatever we do in, in life. And we are often disappointed. It is not only because we uh, often fail, even as we try, try our best to be happy, 
But even as we, are su we succeed in getting what we want, it often has unexpected uh, side effects. Yeah, the world is full of all these uh, unexpected side effects. From just like just now I said about the cigarette smoking, 50 years ago it was in fashion, but now we know that it is we will kill you. And many things that we do turn out the same uh, because we don't have the wisdom to know uh, the future and we just hold on to pleasure so much. So we are like the Israelites, often end up with choices which will bring destructions and sorrow to us and our descendants. In Malachi, God is not standing there helplessly blaming the Israelites for their unfaithfulness and foolishness. But he's there to pronounce judgment and mercy. We will look at this in the future uh, two weeks uh, as we look at chapter 3, chapter 4. And he is there to proclaim what he's going to do. His name will be great among the nations regardless of Israel's response. Since the time of Malachi, Jesus Christ has come and become the perfect priest and the perfect sacrifice. Through the cross, the church has been established. God's name is being made known throughout the nations. We see changes in people's life as they begin to worship God. 35 years ago, when Leigh and I were uh, serving uh, in Malaysia, the Ponyo Evangelical Mission, we were uh, in contact with a tribal people called Lungbawang people. The Hmong people uh, were considered as the worst tribal people uh, in Malaysia about 70 years ago because they were drunkard. They just, uh, everyone just want to have uh, uh, wine to drink until, uh, alcohol to drink until they become drunk. And they hardly do anything. They're very dirty, filthy, uh, immoral. <laughs> Basically, the government has given up on them and let them die off. But 70 years ago, uh, one evangelical mission, a mission came to that tribe. And so 35 years ago, when we were in contact with them, most of the leaders in the church were Lumbawans and even uh, doctors, lawyers, politi political leaders, the Lumbawans. It's such an amazing turnover uh, to their life just because God's name was great among these people. And, and this thing happened over and over again in the world, uh, in different uh, tribes and in our life as well. From the rising of the sun to its setting, God is making his name great among the nations. We can choose to either submit to his sovereignty and continue to seek, or continue to seek our own small fortune. Uh, through the covenant of blessings and curses with Israel, God accomplished his justice by placing all the curses on his son, Jesus Christ. It was as if the dungs of the animals were placed on Jesus' head as he was crucified outside the camp. Jesus has shouldered all the judgment of God on the cross. Jesus has fulfilled the requirements of the covenant. What more do you think God should do for us to submit to him in love and in fear? Jesus said, while you have the light, 
believe in the light, that you might become sons of light. Let us let us pray. Father, we uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. That despite our frequent uh, neglect of you, you keep uh, calling us, and we want to uh, acknowledge that you are great and good, and we want to uh, live. Uh, a life that is worthy of your calling and your characters. May you help us to do so. And for those of us who are yet to know you, may you also help us to do so as well. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.